Dan Bongino. Aiming to stop free speech so the speaker can no longer speak is exclusively a far-left phenomenon. The Dan Bongino Show. I'm talking to moderates in the Democratic Party who are actually interested in what's going on, not blind lemmings walking off a cliff into an abyss of stupidity. Get ready to hear the truth about America. The rich did it. Yeah, the rich did it. They lent money to people who bought homes, and the people never paid the money back. Oh, wow, that sounds like a great business plan. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well. Happy 4th of July, Daniel. Yeah, Independence Day. 241 years of freedom and liberty. Gotta love it. You are lucky, folks, to live in the greatest place on earth at the greatest time to be alive. You have been blessed and touched by the hand of God to be a citizen of the greatest country in the history of humankind right now. No one has ever lived as prosperously and as freely as you are living right now at this time. And let me just remind you quickly, listen, things get rough. I know we've seen the explosive growth of the administrative state, the expansion in big government. I get it. We get depressed at times. Thankfully, we won this election. We're starting to dial some of that back. But never forget, I was, as I said yesterday, I was listening to an Econ Talk podcast of uh, Russ Roberts's show, and he had George Will, David Boaz, and a couple of other folks on a panel, and they brought up the idea that, remember, throughout human history, no one has lived as freely as you do right now. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, I get it. I know there's problems, and I know there's things we need to address, but we have wiped out the scourge of slavery and human existence. When we had Jim Crow, we have moved on. We have now live in the freest country uh, in, the, in the history of mankind and the most prosperous country where, although there's a lot of obstacles to people, there's no doubt about that, yep. there's still heavy pockets of poverty, and there's still problems we have in the country that can be systematic in some cases. We still live in the greatest place on earth. Don't ever forget that. You know, I was really depressed. I know this is me just rolling at the beginning of the show, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm a proud, extremely proud, unbelievably patriotic American like many of you are. Um, I am so proud of this country. I always have been. And I was really depressed yesterday to see a poll that only 39% of Democrats are proud of the country. Listen, I get it, okay? You don't like the president? Fine. Joe, you and I had to suck it up for eight years of Obama, who, frankly, I thought was the worst American president in, in literally decades. He was awful. Yep. Not knocking the guy personally. I'm just saying his policies, I thought, were absolutely horrendous. But it wasn't I wasn't proud of the United States. I was I was angry at the president's legislative agenda. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even angry at him personally. But 39% of Democrats aren't proud of the country. Come on, guys, ladies, seriously? The greatest country on earth. You should say a prayer tonight. Thank God you live here. You know, I got an interesting show for you today. It is uh, Independence Day. Proud to say that. I've got a couple things I want to talk about. There's an interesting story which I teased yesterday, which you, you have to hear about because it's indicative of Republicans refusing to stand by principles and getting ready to cave ideologically to the left on this tax thing. And the Republican Party will never be the same if they do it. And they're trying to do it behind closed doors. So I'll get to that. I want to get to this Dana Lash story, too. But I'm, I, I, you know, uh, just a disclosure here. I have a lot of respect for Dana. I know she had some different positions than I did on, on Trump before the campaign, but I respect Dana. She's an honest person and she's always done right by me, even when she didn't have to. She didn't, there was no reason for her to help me out earlier in my career when nobody knew who I was. And she was always, always there for me. Um, so she's got a lot of heart and they're going after her because of an ad she did in the NRA. So I want to play that. But uh, before we get started, guys, I, I work at Conservative Review at CRTV, and I love it there. And I work with Mark Levin, who is the um, 
he is the he's the editor in chief, the big Kahuna, whatever you want to call him. Mark, yeah. he runs the show over there, and um, he's got a new book out called Rediscovering Americanism. And I I promise you, I would I never spin your wheels on the show. Mark did not ask me to do this. Nobody at CR or CRTV said, Dan, please push Mark's book. I I'm doing this com- completely on my own because I really feel it's important, folks. This is an amazing book. Um. I've got my own book out now, and I'm foregoing an opportunity to promote that, to promote this book, because it's that good. It's called Rediscovering Americanism. And if you have any, on this show, Joe, we, you know, we say the why matters a lot, and we get into why progressives think the way they do, and we talk about the anti-anti-communist and the, the power of the administrative state and discretionary government and the principles the left uses, but they hide. See, we don't hide our principles as conservatives. We believe in economic liberty and freedom. We believe in healthcare liberty, education liberty. These aren't hidden things. These are things we run on, Joe. Right. We don't want to pay higher taxes because we don't want to empower the state. We want to empower individuals. The left does not do this. The left hides their intentions. If you want to know the historical underpinnings of why progressives are the way they are, please go get this book, Rediscovering Americanism. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. I'm not kidding, folks. It's a slow read. But it is a fascinating read. It's not a don't don't mistake slow for boring. It is a slow read because you are not going to want to finish this book right away. You are going to want to digest every single chapter. It is an unbelievably well-researched, well-written book on the power of the administrative state, on far-left philosophy. I cannot say in strong enough terms, please go get this book. It is an important book. You will, you will, it'll, my 500 library podcast is is basically two, three pages in this book. It's that good. Rediscovering Americanism by Mark Levin. You will not regret it. I, I promise you on this one. I you, knew, you know I don't say that a lot, Joe, either. Yeah. I like books. I'm free to give people plugs when they're good, but I never dedicate two, three minutes of my podcast to anything. The book's that good. Go pick it up. Rediscovering Americanism. Okay, so uh, Dana Lash, uh, who, again, is, a, is I consider a friend, did an ad for the NRA. And this just goes to show you how utterly pathetic and bankrupt and why I never, ever trust the far left. Not Democrats. I'm th- I, I don't take it personal, Democrats. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the extremist, radical far left. I don't trust them. They are not genuine people. They don't stand by anything. And when the far left accuses you of something, they're always doing it for a political agenda. And what's sickening about this, and I'll play the ad in a second. Joe has the sound. Dana did this ad for the NRA calling out the left, Joe, for their unquestioned acts of political violence. Nobody's questioning that there have been assaults at Trump rallies, that Black Lives Matter called for dead cops. Mm -hmm. Nobody's questioning that, except. The left, which now Dana calls them out in this ad, and the left is somehow managing through their media hacks to turn and try, well, to try, because I'm, I'm glad that Dana's not capitulating on this at all. They're trying to turn this around on conservatives for calling the left out. Play the ad, Joe, and I'll, I'll get to more of this when it's done. They use their media to assassinate real news. They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance, all to make them march, make them protest, make them scream racism and sexism and xenophobia and homophobia, to smash windows, burn cars, 
cars, shut down interstates and airports, bully and terrorize the law abiding until the only option left is for the police to do their jobs and stop the madness. And when that happens, they'll use it as an excuse for their outrage. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What about what in that ad wasn't true? <laughs> so she, we're going to fight the violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. Hoorah. Good for you, Dana Lash and the NRA. Yeah. They're like, the left is going, oh, you guys are condoning violence. Joe. I'm tired of these guys every single time. Again, when the guy that nut Hodgkinson shot up the Republican members of Congress on the baseball field in Alexandria nearly killed Steve Scalise, right? Mm -hmm. Again, go listen to the episodes. Joe and I and just about every conservative talk radio host and commentator out there said, listen, this is the work of a nut job. This is not Bernie Sanders' fault. I disagree with the guy. It's not his. This guy is a nutbag. Bernie Sanders did not tell him to go kill someone. I, I do not, I'm not condoning Bernie Sanders' deranged political rhetoric, and it is deranged. <laughs> but he did not tell this guy to go kill him. Normal people do not listen to political conversations and go out and shoot people. But the left already, already, Dana Lash makes a clear and concise point. They were burning cars. Yep. Their ex-president does endorse the, quote, resistance to a lawfully elected government. These are violent people, some of them. We've seen the violence. There are tapes of the violence. There's audio. There's video. You can see it yourself. And she says, we're going to fight back with the truth. And the left is like, oh, this is Dana Lash condoning violence against us. <laughs> Jerkwads. I want to say something else. Yeah. My five-year-old daughter, when she gets upset, she does this clinch fist thing, you know, and it's like me. Some people have told me I have anger management issues. I said, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm angry. I manage it just fine. <laughs> I don't mind my ass. Me. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm trying to impress you. You're mistaking me for someone who cares about what you think. Um, my daughter kind of gets that a little bit from me. But folks, this is infuriating. They are the most violent people. They have embraced violence. They've embraced speech suppression. They've this anti-First Amendment group, Antifa, that goes out and marches against Trump. They have attacked people physically. This is on tape. They're acting like this is hard to see. The Black Lives Matter. What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? So you call them out and say, we're going to fight back with the clinch fists of truth. And all of a sudden, the left is like, they're calling for violence against uh, against people who are against Trump. Folks, you can always count on the left, always, every time, exposing themselves when they attack the right. When they're attacking us for, for, for supposedly condoning violence, which that ad absolutely does not do at all, right. it's usually because they are the violent ones and they're looking for... They're doing kind of the British method of debate. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And in a debate, when you engage in debate, Joe, what the left does often is, say I'm debating you about health care and you're a liberal, Joe. All right. One of these tricks people use in debates is they'll say, well, Joe's a liberal. And here's what Joe's going to say about Obamacare. 
Joe's going to tell you that Obamacare has reduced the rate of health care inflation. But what Joe is not telling you is that when you look at the rate of health care inflation compared to regular inflation in the economy, it's actually been going up, not down, which is true, by the way. That way, Joe, when we're in the debate and you try to answer the question saying that everybody in the audience has already heard me call you out on it. You know what I'm saying? Preemptive strike. Preemptive strike, exactly. This is what the left does. The left engages in preemptive strikes because they know they they're like the kid. They're like the Beavis and Butthead character from that show that knows they did something wrong and they get caught by that old guy in the show. And the old guy's like, Did you guys do that? And they're like, no, it was other kids. This is what they do. They they preemptively attack the right for what they know and understand they are fully guilty of, which is violence. Mm-hmm. They are the most violent people right now in the United States, not on the planet. Thankfully, there are really violent people. out there. But they are the most violent political group in the United States is the extreme left. Not all Democrats. I don't want to do what they do to us. Again, I, I want to be very clear on that. The violence is there. You can't find systemic episodes of coordinated conservative violence out there. You can't. You can't. You can find isolated idiots, but you look at coordinated efforts. Black Lives Matter, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they're calling people of uh, calling people hate groups. You look at these are these are these are collected collective groups of leftists who are doing really nasty things out there and they're making a preemptive strike against us to cover their own cabooses. This is sad, folks. I mean, they're doing the same thing with the Trump CNN tweet, which again, I did. I covered on yesterday's show. I covered on a Facebook live. I wouldn't have sent the tweet out, but it was clearly a joke. I'm not saying it was a good joke, Joe. The tweet. Gosh, I hate when I do this. People email me like, tell us what you're talking about. I didn't see the news. Trump sent out a tweet over the weekend of uh, when he was did a thing for the WWE, the wrestling organization, where he like fake attacks Vince McMahon mm-hmm. and someone superimposed the CNN logo on Vince McMahon and Trump tweeted it. May not have been the greatest joke in the world, right? But it was clearly a joke. And what's the left? The press? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's calling for violence against the media. Uh, really? Are you guys that dumb? And the answer is no, they're not that dumb. I know it may make us feel good to acquiesce to that. Say, yes, they are that dumb. They're not that dumb. They're doing this for a reason. They're engaging in a method of debate where they call Republicans out in advance for what they're guilty of as a way to pin the blame on them and make fools of us. This is all. They're liars. They're liars. And there's a part of me that wants to double down and meet their moral vacuum with an equal amount of of ethical emptiness, Joe. Mm-hmm. I want to double down sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm only human. And I am. I, I This hurts when I hear this. And I want to strike back with a fury. And I want to say, you know what? Screw them. Bernie Sanders is responsible for that. Mm. He was the one who incited this guy with class warfare rhetoric, called the Republicans every name under the sun. He did it. But you know what, folks? For as much as that would make me feel good temporarily, it's not true. It's not true. Normal people get very angry at politics. I do all the time. But I have never, ever, ever, thank God, ever been tempted to go and punch some liberal in the fate. Well, well I've never been <laughs> one guy. Well, uh, no, I've never been tempted to go punch some liberal in the face. And I can tell you conclusively with a thousand percent certainty, I've never been t- tempted to engage in anything worse than that. Thank God. And no one I know has either because we're normal people. You understand that I have sincere disagreements with people. I mean, I had Jess Tarloff on, you know, who's a liberal on the Hannity show when I filled in on Friday and. I like her. She's very nice. We just disagree. We disagreed on the air, but it was a respectful conversation. I don't have any need to do that. 
But deranged people do. And we shouldn't be blaming politicians for that because it can boomerang us. But Joe, I can't lie to you. There's a side to me that really says like, they don't give a, there's no brownie points here. And I'm going to get to that in a second too. There's no brownie points here when I talk about this capital gains tax hike and the the disgraceful actions of some of these rhinos that can't get their heads out of their asses. Um, You will not get any brownie points. The liberal media will never say, and I'm not expecting, it's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because it's right and it's the truth. By me saying, oh, Bernie Sanders isn't responsible for the shooter, the media is never going to go, oh, look, Dan Bongino was very responsible on his podcast. He didn't He didn't blame us, the liberal media. They're never going to do that. They are going to turn around and blame you tomorrow if some reporter trips and falls in, in, in you know, Tuscaloosa. They're going to blame some guy for putting like a piece of bubble gum in the road and say he was a right, right-wing extremist. It, it's, folks, it's going to happen. Pin the tail, T-A-L-E, on the donkey. Yes. You're a genius, Joe. Armacost, you're a messaging genius. Uh, well, really, the, the T-shirt factory. You're not writing these down, which is the real sin of this whole thing, because I forgot him. I've got them all locked up here, Dan. Pin the, da- pin the tail on the... In this case, I'm pinning the tail on the donkey, because mm-hmm. I'm going to... And the donkey is the Democrats, obviously, because I'm going to turn the tide on. I'm going to tell you that they're going to do it. There are no brownie points in this business for truth, and it's really sad. All right, I got a couple other things I want to get to. Uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, a quick story about Brickhouse. So yesterday I had a long, long, long day. <laughs> got, uh, I did. I had to do a couple Facebook Lives. I'm still proofing my book. I got the advanced copies yesterday. I worked out in the morning, did cardio, did kettlebells, worked out. Went back at night, did an open mat session. Now that I got my purple belt, very proud of this. I've rolled for like uh, about an hour and a half with some kid. Now, so I'm a little sore today. My joints are a little banged out again. But I was having a tough time getting through yesterday. Brickhouse Nutrition saved my butt. I kid you not. These guys are amazing. Thank God for Foundation, which is their creatine product, because it gives me that extra... Uh, you have you have aerobic and anaerobic energy. I don't know if you're aware yeah. of this. For some of you who aren't into exercise fizz, but you can run a marathon you know, if you want, but you have to breathe. You have to breathe the whole time. You don't have to breathe when you're lifting weights. So one is aerobic and one is anaerobic. It's good to breathe lifting weights. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to. You can do a set of five, you know, bench presses, Joe, with a lot of weight. You don't have to breathe at all if you don't want to. Now, you can, your muscles will move. That's anaerobic, right? Mm-hmm. That anaerobic exercise is fueled by uh, creatine. By creatine and ATP, and it's tra- there's a lot of science to it, uh, adenosine triphosphate. Creatine holds a phosphate group, which basically gives you a gas tank in the gym. That's what Brickhouse figured out with this product. They got creatine and the ATP. It is like having two gas tanks in the gym. The stuff is amazing. And the nice part about it is there's a volume effect inside your muscles. Take this stuff and take the mirror test, okay? It's called Foundation. It's available at BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. I took two doses of this yesterday because I had to get through the day. I was really hurting. Take, I took a double dose of their foundation <laughs> product. Go to the gym and do me two. If you ta- I, I'm so confident in this product. Just do me a favor. Buy the product. It's called foundation. Look in the mirror and then look in the mirror seven days later. Tell me you don't look better. Just tell, I'm telling you, I've never gotten a negative review of this product ever. People, people love it. And secondly, write down. Just pick one exercise. You don't have to pick them all. I mean, I log everything in the gym. But go pick your bench, your squat, whatever it may be, your burpees. Do a test on Monday. How many can you do before you gas out? And then next Monday, after taking this stuff, do the test again. I guarantee you go up. Guarantee. Guarantee. I'm t- just try it. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up foundation today. You won't regret it. All right. 
So yesterday I mentioned this story about this capital gains tax, and this is really, I don't want to be vulgar, but this is pissing me off. <laughs> I mean, can I just be <laughs> honest here? Um, there is a tax out there on Obamacare, which many of you know about who are read in on the program, but you know, a lot of you live busy lives, and I don't blame you at all for not reading the intricacies of Obamacare. You got things to do. There is a 3.8 percentage point surtax on capital gains that was built into Obamacare. It's already there, Joe, just to be clear. It's there now because Obamacare passed, okay. sadly, a long time ago. <laughs> this tax is on capital gains, or what Democrats call, earner, they love to call this, unearned income, which is classic Democrat BS focus group language. It's not unearned income. Nobody, There's not an income factory where you get it by not earning it, okay? Somebody earned the income somewhere, Joe. <laughs> Even if some, if, Joe, if I give you $100,000 and tell you to invest it, the Democrats see that as, oh, Joe got unearned income. No, I earned it, you <laughs> fools. I just gave it to Joe. There is no unearned income, you goofs. But when you hear the term unearned income, number one, call people out, liberals on it right away, because you say, well, how did it come about? Was it the money fairy? But- it's to get you know to use their language for a minute just to try to describe the how they do it. This is a three point eight percentage point tax on really what are capital gains. So investments in stocks and bonds and things like that. Gains you make from what they call unearned income, what you and I would call income not in your salary this week. You, you see what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. It doesn't mean you didn't earn it. All right. Now the Democrats love this tax. Now, why would the Democrats love a tax on unearned income and capital gains? And it's built into Obamacare now. Because, Joe, this is classic, classic class warfare, Democrat, liberal BS. Classic. They're like, oh, unearned income. You guys didn't work for that. You got these rich people living high off the hog. Well, how did they get rich? Um, well, they worked for it their entire life and invested it later. Oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, kind of hurts your stupid narrative, doesn't it now? They act like the money fairy showed up at their house with a UPS driver, right? With a box of money and said, here's your unearned income. Hey. I mean, you have to be an economic dope to believe this stuff. But I, I give Democrats credit, reluctantly. They are savvy messaging cats. They've got even Republicans talking about it as unearned income. So the Democrats love this tax because it fits right into their narrative that it's only a tax on rich people. And therefore, it doesn't matter because rich people, they hate them uh, because they just do because they hate capitalism and they can't stand anything that doesn't involve the uh, overwhelming grotesque power of the state. As Levin actually talks about in his book, by the way, on this chapter on the administrative state is outstanding. All right. Sorry, I moved away from the mic a little bit. A lot of guys call me out on that. They say, get close to the mic. All right. Dems will weaponize this. They are going to weaponize this. And it's it's this is the right thing to do to get rid of this tax. Now, Republicans are getting ready to fold on this. Now, here's what I mean. The Obamacare, if the Obamacare is repealed, it goes away. But in the repeal and replace package where they're looking at where it's not a repeal. In other words, what they're doing now, Joe, which is really just Obamacare light, the Senate bill and the House bill, they're not repealing Obamacare, folks. They're tinkering with it, which I can't stand. I can't stand the Senate bill. I don't like the House bill either. There are certain Republicans now are starting to say, well, maybe we should leave that, quote, unearned income tax in place. And here it is again, the reasoning. And this applies back to the, the, the Dana Lash thing. Conservatives who jump on this bandwagon, right? And think they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. by saying, oh, look, if, you know, if we come out against this tax, uh, excuse me, against repeal of this tax and and we make the point that we're for the working man and that, you know, this is just a tax on the rich. 
We're going to score brownie points with the media and we may win re-election. Ladies and gentlemen, do the right thing, not the easy thing. This is not the right thing to do. You are not scoring any brownie points. The liberal media, the second you agree to keep this tax, is going to skewer you the next day on income inequality, Joe. They will not give you an ounce. Nothing. Not They will give you no satisfaction. They will give you no love. And why we are catering to a bunch of economically illiterate journalism uh, students who can't even do journalism, no less economics, is absolutely bizarre. Folks, if we capitulate here and we agree that the capital gains tax is a, quote, tax on the rich and it's the right thing to do, this is an enormous, enormous ideological capitulation that will have ramifications through multiple elections. That is not hyperbolic. They will use this as a cudgel and a bludgeon against us for multiple elections because they'll say things like this, Joe. With the, the minute you try to run, because this is the, this is the sleaziness of the liberals. The minute a Republican who votes and doesn't get rid of this tax, right, who yeah. votes for Obamacare uh, uh, tinkering and mm-hmm. leaves the tax in there, the Democrats deviously will then run an ad saying that the Republicans voted to increase taxes. Folks, I'm telling you right now, mark my words. Yeah. These people are sleaze balls. We will you'll make an ideological capitulation thinking you're scoring brownie points. Okay, we'll let them tax the quote rich, which I'm going to debunk in a second by the way. And then the minute you do it, they will lie about you and say you're a Republican who voted for a tax hike and technically you'd be right. You are not going to score brownie points. You're going to score brown points and the brown comes from something far different than a brownie. Take tr- trust me on this one. Those are the only points you're going to get. It's going to be in a plastic bag, and it's going to be lit on fire on your front porch. Well, That's what's going to be brown in there. There are no brownie points for this. Now, folks, this is a huge ideological capitulation. We are not the party of big government tax hikes. No matter what, I'm begging you to contact your congressional member right on their Facebook page, their Twitter page. And their email. If you want to call, you can call as well. Just call from your home phone so they see your area code. And ask them where they stand on the Obamacare capital gains tax. Are they for repealing it or not? Get them on the record. Because if these Republicans fold on this, we are not going to be the party of limited government and individual economic liberty anymore. We are the party of class warfare because the Democrats think so. Now, if some of you out there are saying, and there may be, Fair enough. Some of you may be saying, well, why should I care about a tax on the proceeds from the stocks and bonds of a bunch of, quote, rich guys on unearned income? Well, you'd be wrong. That's not what it is. And let me just give you some numbers because we on this show do data and we do facts. And when the facts, if we get them wrong, we correct ourselves. And I'm quite proud of that. 1997, Democrat President Bill Clinton, and I'm not saying this wrong, so follow slowly on me, Democrat President Bill Clinton cut the capital gains tax in conjunction with uh, members of the Republican Congress, to be fair. It was the Republican Congress was pushing this, but Clinton did sign it. So, you know, whether he liked it or not, Joe, is frankly irrelevant to me. Okay. I care about, you know, what happened, not what his intentions were. Cut the capital gains tax from 28 to 20 percent. Joe, after he cut the capital gains tax from 28 to 20 percent, we had an economic boom and we had a threefold increase in venture capital. Now, what does that say to you? Now. Again, to be fair and do a common sense economic analysis here, if the capital gains tax got cut under Clinton from 28 to 20 percent, meaning so if I sell my stocks, Joe, to mm-hmm. give a simple example, if I sell $100,000 in stocks, 
Now I don't have to pay a 28% tax. I have to pay a 20% tax. Now, a lot of it depends on how long you held them and stuff, but it's just for simplicity for sake. Now I have to pay 20%. I saved 8%. So I saved $8,000 on that $100,000 proceed, right? Yeah. From the sale of the stocks. Good deal. So to be fair, venture capital may have increased because a lot of people may have been timing. In other words, they had they saw in the pipeline there was a potential capital gains um, cut in the tax ratio. Sure. So a lot of people will time the sale of their investments to wait because if I can save 8,000 bucks and wait till after the legislation passes, I'm not going to sell the stock two days before. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing even unethical about it. It's just what people do. So to be fair, there always is a slight uptick after that in the amount of stock churn and reinvestment and venture capital stuff because people wait. But that does that explain a threefold increase in the amount of venture capital? In other words, people out there investing in young startups? Folks, the answer is I don't know. It could be correlational. But I do know this. I'm damn freaking happy about it that after Clinton's tax cut on the capital gains tax from 28 to 20% went in effect, that a lot of young startups got money to invest in companies. What do I care if it's correlated or causal? If, in other words, if they're related by a third-party factor or, or if one led to... What do I care? The bottom line is it happened. I always laugh like when people tell me about my stem cell treatments. One guy said to me, well, you think it's placebo? I go, why would I care? I feel better. <laughs> It'd be nice if cartilage grew. I think it did after I did my stem cells. But you see my point, Joe? I was in massive pain from right. severe arthritis. Now I'm not. I don't care if it's a third factor or if it's causal. The bottom line is the capital gains tax got cut, got cut, which is what would happen if we get rid of this 3.8% uh, capital gains tax, uh, percentage point tax increase on Obamacare, and venture capital increased. Here's some more numbers for you, because some of you may be saying, and again, fairly enough, if, if you're not aware of the data on this, some of you may be saying, well, if we cut the capital gains tax again, what's going to happen? We're going to lose tax revenue to the government? Um, Well, folks... I can't tell you conclusively what's going to happen in the future. I can only give you what happened in the past when we cut the capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton cut the capital gains tax. Capital gains tax revenue to the government went from $66 billion to $127 billion. Mm-hmm. Folks, those are, that's a big jump. Why? What happened? As people got this cash in stocks, they reinvent. They didn't burn the money, Joe. So now the capital gains tax goes down. People who were holding stocks, waiting for the capital gains tax to go down. Maybe they didn't like the stock so much, Joe. Maybe the company wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. Maybe Joe's t-shirt company was struggling a little bit, right? right. Now they have an excuse to get out. You may say, well, that's not good. No, folks, it is good. Because if Joe's t-shirt company is not doing the right thing, you want to take it out and you want to put the money in Under Armour or Nike or Champion or another t-shirt company. Yeah. Where it, where it can be more effectively used and they can make better products and pay their employees better. So that's what wound up happening. People sold a lot of stocks they were iffy on. They, re- they didn't burn the money. They reinvested the money into more effective companies. The economy paid those people more in those companies. The pension funds that held stock in those companies went up. Pensioners had more money. Stockholders had more money. Employees had more money. And managers had more money. So what happened? As those companies that were successful made more money, even at a lower capital gains tax rate, people paid more capital gains tax because the stock value of the good companies increased. 
at a greater level than they would have, Joe, if people would have kept their money in semi-struggling companies because they didn't want to cash out because the cap gains tax was too high. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Folks, here's one other st- here's one other statistic from this. What is this? The bottom. Oh, the, uh, an analysis. Like this was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. And I got a lot of articles in the show notes today. I'll put them up at uh, Bongino.com and they're always up at conservativereview.com as well. Uh, a lot of good pieces. And I want to get to some other stuff too. So, But the bottom 60% when they cut the capital gains tax have higher tax-free earnings afterwards. This is uh, based on an economic analysis and I'll put the, the research in there. So anyone who tells you that, oh, the capital gains tax only benefits stockholders is not true. These companies wind up reinvesting this. They wind up buying stock in other companies or they wind up paying out dividends. And a lot of these dividends go to pension holders. And a lot of the rewards from investment in companies that are successful, Joe, go to employees that are now more productive because they're making better products because they have better equipment to work with. Folks, this is not complicated stuff. It's only complicated for liberals. This is important. All right. Let's see. What else do we want to get to? All right. A couple more things here. I got a one lighter story I want to get to before we get to that. Hey, have you bought uh, your emergency food yet from my Patriot Supply? I've got a, I got a lot of great emails about this. My buddy who wrote me about the tornado in his area and how the, the supermarket, he was stunned at how quickly the supermarket shelves were empty. Folks, we ensure everything in our lives that really matters to us, and we do it because it's important. We don't want in a time of need to need something and not have it. We want to have it and hopefully never need it. You know, it's nice to have firearms, but it's even nicer to never need them. No sane person wants to use a firearm. We have them because we protect our family. Well, why wouldn't you protect your food supply? Folks, I mean, really, I'm not... It's crazy not to do this. I, I, uh, and my Patriot Supply knows this. I emailed them right away. I said, "Hey, can you send me a sample?" One, I wanted to take a picture for my Instagram, but two, it's just darn good to have. They will give you a month's supply of emergency food. My Patriot Supply. If you go to preparewithdan.com for just ninety nine dollars, it's one hundred and forty servings of emergency food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, easily prepared. All you need is water. It it, it comes in a super slim plastic case. You stick it in your closet. I I hope and pray no one ever needs this, but God forbid you do. It is crazy not to have an emergency supply of calories around. Go out there, secure it. You can forget about it. It's good for 25 years, 25 years. I'll be 67 years old before this stuff goes bad. And as I've said to people repeatedly, given my my collapsing body right now after all this damage. I may not even be here before this stuff goes bad. It is that good. 25 years. Go pick it out. Preparewithdan.com. It's only $99. Okay. On a lighter note, uh, people are freaking out over it. This, I, I don't do a lot of like nutrition and health stories, but I saw two today that I thought mm-hmm. would be interesting to you just quickly. The people are freaking out over coconut oil. It's been all over the news. Did you see this coconut oil? It'll kill you. No. Don't eat it. Uh, folks, I'm going to put an article up from a website I go to. It's a little hardcore. I'll be honest with you. It's called T Nation, but I'm going to put an article up in the show notes about be very skeptical. These people out there saying, oh, coconut oil is going to give you a heart attack and beef and beef fat and high fat diets. Maybe high fat diets with carbs. I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you what to eat. I'm just saying, read the article. Be very, very skeptical about these news reports about how bad coconut oil is. I eat it in my house. I go to uh, BJ's and I get it by the tub. And I'm. You know, my saturated fat content that I eat is absolutely through the roof. Now, if I die of a heart attack, you'll re- look back to this episode and you say I may be wrong, but I'm, I, I think there's a lot. Read the article. You'll see what I'm talking about. I think saturated fat's been unduly demonized. I know I don't cover this stuff a lot, but it's important to me because it's been all over the news. Like avoid coconut oil. I don't, be, I don't buy it one bit. I'll mm. put the article in there. It's about coconut oil and how it's really got some amazing substances in it. And um, another piece I wanted to cover quick. I get a lot of emails about my stem cell treatment. 
And it's on Drudge today about stem cells. Apparently, they're just starting to do this in Canada now. Now, for those of you out there with arthritis, which I have uh, rather severely, I don't, I don't have rheumatoid. I have osteoarthritis, meaning the cartilage between my bones from football and, and you know, grappling and weightlifting is, is pretty much worn down bad. Just wearing out and not rotting, correct? Yeah, it's just not there. I mean, right. in many of my joints, it's just not there. So I needed a solution. I was in agonizing pain. I, I, um, you know, I say regretfully when I was younger, you know, you see folks who are older and they have arthritis in their hands mm. and you watch them struggle. I watched my grandmother struggle and you don't, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of times being like, gosh, that can't hurt that bad. No, trust me. It does. It is really an excruciating thing. You have your bones rubbing together. So my left shoulder I had operated on to get the bone spurs out because when the bones were rubbing against each other, they were developing spurs, you know, like bone scars almost. <laughs> so I had to have those shaved down. And I had my stem cells done uh, with by Dr. Berman in Beverly Hills, who was uh, just saved my life. And what they do is they go into your back and they take fat tissue out of your back and they get the stem cells out of the fat and you come back like an hour later and they actually inject it into the arthritic joints. Now, this piece is up on Drudge, and I'll put it in the show notes today, because I get a lot of questions about this, and I, I can't answer every single one, because the emails have been really voluminous, and I really do appreciate them, but I figured I'd cover it on the show. I can't say enough about this procedure. There's an article on Drudge today about a woman, Joe, who had to crawl, I'm not kidding, read the piece yourself, had to crawl up the stairs in her mm-hmm. house because her ankles were so severely arthritic, she had no cartilage left. I mean, I can't even imagine what that pain is like. At least when I had it my shoulder, Joe. Yeah. If I laid down at the right angle and I took some ibuprofen, it would subside for a little while. Mm-hmm. On your ankles where you're standing all day, I can't even imagine the horror of this woman's life. So she had her stem cells injected into her ankles and she just hiked like a mountain. Wow. She's, she's, she says she's complete. And now I, I'm almost completely healed from it. Folks, the bottom line is, did it regrow the cartilage here? I don't know. Um, but I would be highly skeptical of anyone who told me it didn't then how come I'm not in pain? I don't understand. Like, you can't tell me it's all in my head. There's no amount of meditation or breathing that was going to make the pain of my arthritis go away. The procedure is amazing. So I'm going to put that article up there, and I strongly encourage you to read it. And for those of you out there who are considering it, the guy I used was Dr. Berman in Beverly Hills. Uh, He's part of the Stem Cell Network. Uh, It's not a free ad or anything. I'm just telling you, uh, this this guy really saved my life. And the procedure is truly amazing. And for those of you CrossFitters out there, grapplers, and even just folks who worked really hard on assembly lines, manual laborers who are having problems with your hands and wrists, you may want to look into it. And the fact that it made drudge today is a really big deal. So, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. You know, happy uh, Independence Day. And uh, I'll leave you with this note. It was in my second book. You know, I I talked about how we live in the, you know, the greatest country on earth, and it's going to be time for us eventually to you know, to all get big. I mean, we have some problems. These problems are solvable. And in the Secret Service, uh, when you do AOP exercises, assault on principle, where this fake team of assassins would, would, you know, start firing at you when you were in the training academy with the simunition rounds, these plastic bullets, they would say all the time, the instructors, get big, get big, get big. They would scream, meaning don't duck no matter what. It's not your job to duck. It's to protect these job to duck. You're supposed to be the meat magnet. You have to take the bullets for him. You know, it's time for us to get big too. You know, we're under assault right now by the far left. 
We are under assault. I mean, make no mistake about it. These people, will they are not open. They want to impeach a, a duly elected president. They are accusing him of being a Russian spy. It's time to get big right now and stand up for our ideological principles. And unlike the left's assertions about us, it, the way for us to do it is to go out and knock on doors, to volunteer, to get people elected who believe in our principles, share our principles, and to peacefully, unlike the left, to peacefully continue the Constitutional Republic down the path of freedom of, and liberty, not the path the left wants, which is violence and chaos. We all have to get big. We're all going to have to sacrifice something. So I encourage you to get out there, to volunteer, to become part of a group, a conservative group, whatever it may be, but get involved. All right. I, you know, get big, man. This is the time to fix this country. We're here. You know, we got a great future ahead of us, but it's going to require a little sacrifice by all of us. Thanks again for tuning in. Happy Independence Day. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.